what do you see? I s- we're at the aquarium. What's happening? You just touched hands with a character, and now <coughs> we're transported into the uh, <laughs> ocean. And I'm um, I'm diving with you, actually. Uh, we're scuba diving, and I'm near a big reef. You can turn 360 degrees as well. Dr. Erica Woosley, your dive guide. <laughs> and it's good to be here. <laughs> so, uh, and it's pronounced Woolsey, like, Woolsey. A, sheep, like a sheep and then Z. <laughs> Woolsey. Um, wow. Well, amazing. so the International Ocean Film Festival is quite an event, and you just never know who you're going to run into or what you're going to run into. Uh, we are really uh, thrilled to have on the American Shoreline podcast uh, Dr. Erica Woolsey. Uh, affiliated with Stanford University. I understand from your mother, who I met in the lobby, <laughs> that you are a PhD uh, coastal, no, coral researcher, and also the CEO and founder of The Hydras, uh, which is an, a nonprofit organization dedicated to, I believe, ocean education. Uh, tell us, Erica, what you're doing at the festival, and uh, tell us about Hydras. Absolutely. So, the Hydras is an amazing nonprofit organization, and it's a community of people that love the ocean mm. and want to share it with others. And so years ago, my co-founders and I um, identified that a major problem in ocean health is this fundamental disconnection between scientific discovery mm-hmm. and public understanding and yes. action and policy. No doubt. And so we wanted to find creative ways to connect more people to beautiful and threatened ocean environments. And one of the ways we're doing that is with emerging technology like virtual reality. And even though I try, I can't bring everyone to the ocean. So we're using these scalable technologies that are becoming more and more accessible to try to bring the ocean to everyone. Well, uh, at this very moment, uh, Tyler Buckingham is... Uh, off the uh, in Palau, diving in some fantastic reefs, wearing this VR headset from the Hydras, and I have done this nine-minute yes. show. Tyler, what's going on down in Palau? Well, I'm about 60, 40, 40 to sixty feet down. Uh, currently, I'm with uh, a researcher who's putting a quadrant on the seafloor. Uh, presumably, we are we are taking some. Uh, some uh, readings here we're analyzing this little area mm-hmm. and uh, because we're doing the podcast I don't have the audio on but I'll tell you um, I feel like I am submerged on the bottom of the ocean right now I'm kind of it's crazy how real this is and uh, I totally get why uh, this is effective because I mean if you, you I mean it is just this is so much easier than diving of course and you really feel like you're there you get a sense of the scale of it the space um it's just a really awesome tool that you've developed uh erica tell us what uh, tyler is looking at what's in this vr experience you've got here at the festival so we are calling this experience which we've titled immerse a journey of science love and magic in the ocean so we take the viewer on a dive two coral reefs of Palau. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, and and the thing that was interesting for me God, as a as a as a scientist, as someone who studied science, is the information available in the VR experience. So the the names of the corals would come up, the name of the fish, the scientific name, some statistical information. I thought that was a great integration, um, and and some CG explanation of coral bleaching, which was. Really, so tell us about the invention of the hydras and and how did you decide to put... I mean, basically, it's a film. It is a film. It's a short, but on the uh, goggles and not on the big yeah, screen. It, we, um, we can call it a film. We can also call it an immersive experience. Yeah, uh, okay. We can also call it a virtual dive. And it's been a two-year project wow. in the making. And so a lot of planning went into this, a lot of fundraising, um, a lot of logistics and post-production. And I feel very fortunate as a... <laughs> <laughs> We're just sitting here laughing because Tyler is uh, got a microphone and just looking all around because it's a 360 VR. So you, yeah. you're just... <laughs> I'm immersed. <laughs> it's... Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes, you're immersed. I'm looking at a How's lettuce it? coral right now. Oh, yeah, the lettuce coral. I like the it's lettuce very coral. very pretty. That's one of the largest, maybe even the largest colony of that type of coral. Um, that's all one... Wow one colony meaning it's all genetically identical and it's this wow. beautiful um, a common name is lettuce coral coral it's turbinaria in oolong channel it's just this beautiful huge colorful man entity it's gorgeous you know i can um i can i can say that having having been in it and having dove before you really do start to feel like you're on a dive i mean you start breathing differently like you have to pace your breathing on a regulator <laughs> a little bit so you got to totally like, i started happening to me um but the theory here and the underlying approach that you're taking is that if people understand it if they and i believe this is in the text the voiceover if they are aware this is going to drive change i find that to be a, a, a prolific point of view at the festival awareness understanding means better outcomes how is it talk to me about that philosophy um it does obviously you're a believer and i think with the vr experience it really does do it um absolutely and i think that it feels very intuitive because emotional connection yeah. seems to be the basis of a lot of positive change in, hmm. in environmental policy and right. in human behavior. Unfortunately, it seems a lot of people are um, resistant to facts. And I'm not interested in telling people how to live their lives right. or tell them to stop doing certain things. I'm more interested in making emotional connections. Interesting. So rather than convince, yeah. I want to connect. And inspire. And inspire. And I think that that's where a lot of the positive change, especially in our ocean, uh, especially regarding climate change, is is going to come from. Um, I have to ask this question. Tyler, can we check in on the dive? How's it going? Well, uh, we are uh, descending now, uh, submerged. <laughs> we are descending into what looks to be a tube. <laughs> oh, big white flash of light. We're back in... That it appears we're back in the lobby or in the um, in the aquarium, and I'll tell you that was incredible. Uh, that was an incredible experience, and you guys did an amazing job on that. <laughs> I'm going to take the headset off here and rejoin the conversation. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank Welcome you for back. coming diving with me. <laughs> that was so cool. That was so cool. <laughs> and uh, back to your point. I mean, it feels so intuitive. Like this is this can make a difference. 
what's really exciting and what really got me jazzed about doing a VR film and investing all this this time and resources is a lot of the research in VR. Yeah. So, for instance, I've been following a lot of the work out of Jeremy Balinson's lab at Stanford. He uh-huh. runs the Virtual Human Interaction Lab, and he's been exploring um, the, the psychological effects of immersive electronic experiences for a long time. Hmm. And his findings um, make VR seem like a really promising medium for generating empathy yeah, and also for explaining complex scientific topics. You know, uh, this is kind of an interesting corollary to that. Um, Currently, there are a number of therapies for PTSD, like soldiers that have returned from Afghanistan and whatnot that have an uh, an event. If there's an event or maybe they're driving and they have a flashback or whatever, they're using VR to help sort out what's happening there emotionally and help people kind of get reps with it. And that is effectively using the same um, connection and uh, inspiration, you know, concepts with kind of a therapy. Um, And it totally makes sense why that works, because you are connected. I mean, Mm -hmm. truly, I just feel like I came out of a dive. It's it's really remarkable. And when I lead um, VR workshops or I talk to students, one of my questions is, let's say you had the superpower of time travel, shape-shifting, or teleportation. Hmm. How would you use it to solve a problem? Hmm. Wow. I'm s- that's what VR can bring. Okay. <laughs> I was, that was, yeah. That's a lot mm-hmm. to contemplate. I, I want to ask about one of the factual parts of the film. I thought the... The, the VR, when you talked about the bleaching event from, I think it was 20, was it 15, 13 to 15 or 15 It was a three-year bleaching event from 2015 to 2017. You know, as someone who's paying attention to what's happening in mm-hmm. coastal news, and I did not understand until I saw that and the way it was done, um, the scale, the worldwide scale of that event as a coastal scientist and as a coral researcher help us understand what happened in that three-year time period and the step and what it meant to corals around the world it was devastating um about i think we lost in that short period of time something like 20 percent of the world's coral reefs um and that adds to you know in the last 50 years it it, uh, the cumulative loss Mm. is closer to half Wow. And so it's a real rapid degradation that we're seeing. And these bleaching events, they happen within a matter of weeks. And it's so rapid. And I know that for me and also for a lot of my um, colleagues, just seeing the scale yeah. and seeing the um, the time scale as well in terms of spatial scale and how quickly it happens, yeah. it's just shocking, especially for people that have been studying and exploring these places for their whole lives or for a lot of their career. Um, It's got to be a little heartbreaking, really. It's heartbreaking, especially when we're not seeing action Mm. because it's so shocking and so devastating, but we're not seeing what I and a lot of um, marine biologists and activists would think is the natural response, which is to fix it. Okay. So I, I, what do we understand it to be? I've, you know, the the superficial understanding that I have heard is it's it's temperature related. We know this is a symbiotic 
creature and that the resident algae in the corals get expelled, which is then they essentially starve to death because that's their food source. What's make? What do you understand as a as a researcher and as mm-hmm. an expert on this stuff? Tell what, what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the bleaching response is ultimately a stress response. So that's uh-huh. what happens when the coral animal feels stressed. Okay. So warm water bleaching is probably One. the most well known and the major mm-hmm. cause of a lot of the major bleaching events we've been seeing. But you know, cold water bleaching or freshwater bleaching or chemical can um, pollution can also lead to bleaching. Um, and that you were correct. It's what happens when the coral animal gets so stressed that it expels their algal symbionts, mm-hmm. which it needs to survive. About 70% of the energy um, that the reef, that the corals collect, goes comes from yeah. <laughs> yeah. these algal symbionts that photosynthesize. So they turn the sunlight into energy so right. that the coral can That is the coolest thing. And it people survive don't and it. reproduce and the, build a reef. The algae produces a comp, some sort of complex sugar that the animal then consumes, right? I mean, this is really literally, they have their own refrigerators, kind of like, well, they have a farm in there. They're, they are farmers. Well, it's, it's like the biome, you know. It's, it's a... It's a you know, it's it's like your your uh, your your gut, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for th- in this case, they're producing energy and food that the that this animal consumes. I mean, right. they're not helping you digest it. They are the producers of the thing that you're eating. Right. And what you said though is also true because not only do corals have an important relationship with this algal partner, yeah, uh, this type of algae, zooxanthellae, they also have a really important. Um, you know, microbiome, yeah. the, the bacteria um, that the cor- uh, corals have a partnership with is also incredibly important for their health. You'll have to forgive me because you're a professional and you're a big thinker and you probably think about this stuff all the time. But when I was in your uh, experience there, our virtual dive together, um, the thing that, and we're, you know, looking at this vast expanse of a healthy reef, um, there is, when you think about it and you're aware that each structure of the reef is a living thing and is different than the one next to it like all of the genetic material all of the mutation and adaptive you know adaption that's happening just in that space that you're looking at is like it's like comprehending the 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 universe or something it's like incredibly powerful the amount of life there and that, that's something that you know, I've looked at corals and I've thought they were pretty, but to, that's kind of a mind-blowing uh, component there. There's a lot going on. It's pretty incredible, isn't it? <laughs> She's it really smiling. Is. She's yeah. like, it's working. <laughs> that's what we're trying like to do. like thinking about coral reefs. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the reason I got so interested, yeah. and that's yeah. why I've devoted a lot of my time and energy to exploring and studying and understanding them is because they're so fascinating. Yeah. It, they definitely are. I'm, uh, this uh, film festival has featured in, in, in addition to this virtual reality experience uh we interviewed uh galen galen that's right with uh the uh, a glimmer of hope film which was shot in palau shot in palau uh, about coral research you know galen there. by any chance i'm afraid i don't oh man uh she's great and she did a film there and the interesting thing in in her film is that the, she discovered that there was a uh, one of those symbiotic algaes uh, was more adapted for warm water and that they've discovered this whole kind of coral space now that has a dip slightly, you know, it's a variant on this symbiotic algae. Uh, and they're apparently, you know, the question is, could that possibly help or adapt to 
as temperatures rise, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's a glimmer of hope. That was <laughs> and these are really good questions. Yeah. And an incredible area of research. So what do you, where do you go from here mm-hmm. uh, in your work? Uh, was this the debut, by the way? This the was the world premiere. Was yes. it? Really? <laughs> Congratulations. Thank Congratulations. You. And I just have to say how perfect it was to be here at the International yeah. Ocean Film Festival because... I mean, I think VR and oceans are such a match made in heaven. Because yeah. It's just immersive, right? And, I mean, the space is incredible. We're here at Fort Mason and in the f- historic firehouse with a view of the bay and Alcatraz. And, I mean, it's like an immersive experience within an immersive experience. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's a ship in a perfect. bottle. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to yeah. have been able to kick it off here. So what are you working on next? And, uh, and if you would... Uh, are you? Do you have any interesting science work that you're working on? I yes. What are you up to? Um, the answer to, I can answer both of your questions. Um, we have a lot of things going on with the Hydras. Um, for instance, we have a partnership with National Geographic, so mm. we're creating um, ocean education kits to go to middle school classrooms, Ew. and it includes this VR, but it's also accompanied by. Um, a curriculum that's all about promoting science literacy and ocean understanding. Fabulous. And it also incorporates um, 3D printed corals that we've made that turn white in warm water. I and saw as a way that to visualize. in the film. Yes, it was featured them. in the film. It, it, the kids reacted very strongly to that. And the visceral reaction yeah. we've gotten from them is, is marvelous and it's been a really effective way to teach about mm-hmm. coral biology and you know the bleaching phenomena. Okay, so um, you might see this nationally at a school district near you. I sure hope so. It's in the proto- <coughs> prototype phase, however, okay. so um, you know hopefully we can keep that going. And we're also showing parts of our film and this footage at the new VR theater at National Geographic. Um, so I think that's also a really great place to explore VR VR in terms of taking people with you um, as you explore. And so in the VR theater, they have an auditorium that they use for their normal talks. And I'm a National Geographic Explorer, so I've had the great, I've had the great honor of speaking at, at that theater before. Yes, Um, absolutely. And um, they've hooked up Oculus Go headsets to each of the each of the seats that are all synced together. Wow. And so we're designing a way to, so this will be in April, um, designing a way so I can be on stage talking and then everyone puts on the headset and then they take it off and like they go on a dive. Like it's just going to be an interesting choreography that I've never tried before. Steven Spielberg is going to be so (laughs) jealous. Well, I just love the idea of mixing uh, the media together and being you there, you actually being able to read the room, which I think is really valuable. Um, because one of the, one of the, I think downsides of this, we did describe this as a connecting tool, but I do think that, you know, this is a virtual reality. It's not a reality reality. And, um, to combine the two and kind of bring it back to real flesh and blood is a, is a good way to, you know, and if we can make knot. give it mixed reality or augmented reality, and we can go in so many directions with this. And, and as you mentioned, there are, are limitations to this technology. And so um, one of the um, biggest challenges is how do you make something like this collaborative and communal? Because you can imagine how VR could become an isolating experience. Yeah. So how yeah. do you approach it in a way that is 
community driving and a, a group experience and a group dive. And I think that technology is coming up rapidly and wow. we're able to, you know, take people on group dives and you can feel like you're, you know, you know, dive, have a dive buddy. You can have can you um, avatars. See them. I mean, that, that oh. sort of situational awareness kind of stuff. The, the military does all of this, of course, yes. for, for other reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be nice to use it for conservation and public Absolutely. education. Yeah. Um, Dr. Erica Woolsey from Stanford University and CEO of the Hydrus, uh, a non-governmental organization dedicated to ocean education. That was a real treat. And thank you so much thank for you. showing us. You're doing thank such you great so work. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely <laughs> great. And uh, appreciate you spending time on the American Shoreline Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for going diving with me. Absolutely. Absolutely.